daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello and welcome to the Sander Pit, the podcast where you just made the biggest mistake of your life, baby. I know you're going to be missing me when you have that big, white, wrinkly body on you with his loose skin and old balls. <laughs> Isn't that one of the quotes from your wedding <laughs> that someone said to your wife? Does anyone have a reason why these two shouldn't be married? Someone barged in. <laughs> I did think it was mad when the priest said that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is a quote from Big Daddy, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, which links very nicely into this episode. So I'm Luke, this is Luke, with the Sandler Pit podcast where we watch and talk about every single Adam Sandler film or TV show or appearance. Uh, what are we doing this week, Luke? So yeah, in a big change of events, instead of watching a film, we are speaking to the writer, producer, director of the film Finding Sandler, which Ooh. we've not actually watched yet, which is a bit unusual for us. But we received a message from David about this film and we were both just like, yeah, we need to speak to this guy. We need to shorten our sort of, is it called six degrees of separation? Yeah. We're now there, aren't we? God, I can't fucking speak. <laughs> Pretty much. We're one away. We're a throw away from him. Yeah. So basically, David's made a film. It's a documentary about him trying to track down Adam Sandler and have a drink with him after sort of turning down that opportunity a few years before. So I guess when he messaged us, we were like, we don't want to have to make a film in five years time about how we pass up an opportunity to speak to David. (laughs) (laughs) Finding, finding Sandler. Yeah, could you imagine how meta that would be? So uh, yeah, we are going to have a nice long chat with him about his film, the journey making the film, and also just like a bit of a, I guess you'd say like us nerding out about Adam Sandler, really. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to talking Adam Sandler with someone else who likes it, uh, especially from an American's perspective. This is our first ever American yeah, on the show. After we've we've bad-mouthed Americans so much in this (laughs) podcast, and now we're talking to one of them. (laughs) Hopefully he'll be nice. You won't kick him out because you don't like the way he pronounces something. Oh, God, I will. I'll see him writing the word colour without a U. I'll kick him out of the Zoom chat. I'll be like, get out of here. God forbid someone do that. (laughs) I'm guessing he won't be able to understand my horrible Sheffield accent. Mm, It always takes me a minute. People in Sheffield say that I'm really well-spoken. I got called posh today by one of the people I work with. Yeah, but it's because they're like, I can't believe you've got a full set of teeth. How have you kept them? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Stop getting off topic. <laughs> but yeah, so we've not watched David's film, but it looks like a fun documentary. I don't know what other sort of documentaries you compare it to, but like very fly on the wall following him on this sort of like, I guess like a madcap road trip. And we'll be covering that at some point down the line when we can watch it over here but um yeah it looks like a lot of fun so it'll be a nice break i suppose like usually when we do these episodes when we're breaking from our usual format it's so that we've got an excuse to talk about hotel transylvania for hours <laughs> so it's nice this is a lot more normal i i think i prefer this maybe yeah this might actually be almost listenable which is crazy (laughs) anyone who's listening for this interview please do not watch or listen to anything that we've done about hotel transylvania it gets dark (laughs) it gets weird this sounds like you know when you have like a little cousin come into your house and you're like closing the rude drawer (laughs) is that what you're doing (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't look in there. All my Griffin sketches are in there. Yeah, I'm taking down all the all my posters of of naked Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh god. god! But yeah, it should be a fun chat. And if you check on our socials or in our episode notes and so on, I'll put some links to David and the trailer for the film. And also on Christmas Day, he released a music video which he showed to us, which was funny stuff. I think this is a good one for the Sandler diehards. It's a fun episode. Yeah, definitely. Do you have anything else you want to say up top? Nope. There's no Sandler scale. There's no Sandler game. None of that stuff. It's an interview. We're yeah. semi serious. We're going uh, Trevor McDonald on their ass. <laughs> <laughs> One from American listeners there. Yeah, we're going Trevor McDonald on his ass. I've, I've taken off my Hawaiian shirt and my Hotel Transylvania merch. Actually, in the interview, you turned into a bit of a Louis Farouk character. You sort of stood by the doorway and you said, and how did that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> That's my style, baby. That's how I get to the tough questions. <laughs> It'll be interesting for people to let us know if they listen to this one, if they like a different format. We might start like mixing it up a bit because we are seriously running low on films. Hell I'm excited yeah. to watch Men, Women, Children, but like <laughs> we need some other stuff to fill out until like Spaceman comes out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'd be quite fun, I think, to get like other fandlers on, <laughs> Adam Sandler fans. Maybe have them like plead their case or try and justify why something rubbish like the Come do-over over. is their favorite film oh. yeah, go i'd love that i'd love someone to argue their case and we could like maybe change our minds or we stand strong and we're like no you move yeah <laughs> when you won't back down on barnyard basically <laughs> pull out a little guitar <laughs> do 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 but yeah enough of us talking crap let's listen to a lovely interview with david steph cohen have fun Finding Sandler from the top, take one. And we are back. We are now joined by David Seth Cohen, who is a writer, producer, director, filmmaker, extraordinaire, lots of different uh, <laughs> job titles there. And usually when we come back at this point, we've watched the film, so we would be talking about that. But instead, we haven't watched the film, and we're going to be talking about David's movie, which is called Finding Sandler. David, can you tell us what is Finding Sandler? Absolutely. And, and first off, thanks for having me on the show, guys. I appreciate it. So Fighting Sandler is a documentary. In 1998, I had the privilege of working on the movie Big Daddy, which was starring none other than Adam Sandler. Um, and growing up, uh, Adam was a, a big hero of mine. As a Jewish kid in, in the 1970s, when I grew up all the way through the 1990s, there was never any Hanukkah songs. So uh, you know, during the holiday season, like right now, it's all Christmas music. And it kind of almost felt like lonely to be like a Jewish kid. And then Sandler came out with his Hanukkah song and it was like the coolest thing. And it, so, you know, uh, from the 90s on, Sandler was like a, a hero of mine, you know, uh, on Saturday Night Live. I loved him and, and his like his early films like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. And so I, I had the opportunity in 1998 to work on the movie Big Daddy. And I was working for the costume designer. So the premiere for The Waterboy which was an excellent Sandler film. Perfect film. Oh, so good. So the, the premiere for The Waterboy was in Manhattan and Adam wanted to wear clothing from the set. So my boss basically directed me to deliver clothing to Adam's apartment. And then I was supposed to drop off this lady, Autumn. She was another PA in the department. Then I was to take the car back to the studio and go home for the night. And she said specifically, when you get to Sandler's building, give the clothes to the doorman and he'll take care of the rest. So 
Uh, I drive the car with Autumn to the building that Sandler's basically living in. And I double park in the middle of Manhattan, flashers on, go to Autumn. I'll be like, I'll be right back. I go into the building, I hand the doorman the clothes and he's like, hey, just bring them up to Adam. And I, I kind of like was like, OK. Uh, and back then I should preface this with it was 1998 and I didn't have a cell phone. I was a poor college grad uh, with zero contact to the outside world once I was in somewhere. Right. So I go up to Sandler's apartment. I'm walking down the hall. I'm getting a little nervous. You know, I, I knock on the door. And from behind the door, I hear, who is it? What do you want? You know how he yells in all his movies? He's like yelling at me through the door. And I'm like, I knew it was him at that point. I'm like, oh, it's Dave. I'm just a PA here to deliver your clothes for the premiere. He opens the door and he's like, hey, man, you want to come in and have a drink? And I froze. Like a couple things were going through my head there. You know, it was like one of those angel devil moments. So the, the devil pops in and is like, do it, man. He's one of your heroes. Just do it. And then the angel comes in and he's like, you got Autumn in the car. She's, it's double parked. Your boss will fire you. And I kind of woke up from that little blur. And I was like, I, I can't. I, I can't stay. And, and I basically said no. And um, I never had a chance to hang out with him or have that drink. So fast forward from this situation in 1998 to 2006. I am 30 years old. I had just turned 30. I was living in my grandmother's basement apartment, like a scene from an Adam Sandler movie with my girlfriend <laughs> and my two dogs. I was a producer at a Catholic TV station and I'm Jewish, not where I really thought I would be in my life at age 30. Right. And so uh, I would have these nights like where I'd be laying in bed you know, with my girlfriend and, and I'd be tossing and turning and just thinking like, hey, what if I stayed and hung out with Adam Sandler? You know, it, it's kind of I always I always equated it as like somebody that's huge into technology that potentially could have hung out with Steve Jobs and said, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You know, and now obviously there's never going to be that chance again. So I always equated it like what would my hero have said to me? Maybe he would have given me some advice or told me how he got into the business or whatever. You know, I just had these stupid things going in my head. And, and one night I had this crazy vivid dream. And in my dream, I went to California and I went looking for Adam and I would run into people that I worked on the set of Big Daddy with and like, help me find Adam. And nobody wanted to help me find him. Somehow I ended up in my vision of his production company. And I'm sitting in their lunchroom talking to somebody directly like across from me. And then he's diagonal and he just starts talking to me and we start walking and talking and I woke up. And when I woke up, it was kind of like, like a revelation or a sign like that I had to go do something about this or I just go on regretting it for the rest of my life. At the time that I was also working at the station, I had a small production company and I had a business partner. So it was like 6 a.m. I woke up and I called my business partner, Dan. And I'm like, hey, Dan, I just had this dream and I want to make a movie and it's going to be called Finding Sandler. And I want to go on a quest to find Adam and have the dream that I passed up in 1998. He's like, it's like six in the morning, dude. Can you, can you, can we talk about this later? <laughs> and uh, I went into the TV station with all this energy. Like I was all pumped up about my dream. And I started telling a couple people, some people like you're an idiot. Don't even think about doing it. You'll look like a moron. And others were like, great idea. What can I do to help? And then I just, all of a sudden people wanted to help me. There were people that were willing to help me. And we just started shooting the movie and that was it, man. It was kind of just happened. That's such an awesome story. So when you met Sandler in 1998, was he on his own or was he with that small entourage that he has? So he was in his apartment. In his apartment was his assistant, John Lochran. Yeah. You know who John is? He's the, the googly-eyed guy in, uh, in The Waterboy. Uh, he's in Big Daddy. And his girlfriend, who is now his wife, Jackie, was there as oh, well. Wow. And the funny thing is, like, I didn't really get too far into it because I wanted to 
get the story out as quick as possible for you without boring you with all the major details. But John happened to be standing behind Adam at that point. And he, was, and he knew me because we would just, you know, bullshit at the breakfast truck. And um, he's like, David, why don't you just come in at least and check out the balcony that he's got? Mm-hmm. So I did go in for a minute. They took me to the balcony outside. So I walked past like the living room. Jackie was watching TV and I go with John and Adam out to the balcony. And it's like this wraparound balcony, which in Manhattan is pretty stunning cool. and uh, magnificent view. And I was like, this is really great, but I got to get going. And I, and I left. So I did go in. There were a couple people there, but I left and, you know, never got to have that hangout with him. Never got to have that drink or, you know, been able to ask the cool questions and, you know, learn from a hero, you know? Oh, yeah, that would keep you up at night, to be fair. That's like <laughs> all the people we've, we've been spending weeks, uh, months even, like speaking about all these guys, but you got to live with that. That's that's not fun. But at least you went out and you tried to do something about it. What sort of things would you have asked Adam Sandler, do you think, if you did spend a, a longer amount of time there? I probably would have asked him, you know, how he got his start, you know, who his heroes were, um, you know, if he had any, you know, good inspirational words to kind of help me on my way. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, I probably would have told him that, hey, I have a lot of like really cool movie ideas. And if he said, hey, tell me about them, I would have loved to have told him the ideas. I mean, I had this one movie idea. It's funny because it didn't come to me until I started making Finding Sandler. But it was a, a, a tennis comedy. You know, there's never been like a legitimate, funny, outrageous tennis comedy, like a like a dodgeball or a water boy, right? Yeah. And I came up with this concept, which he would have been so great for when I first started making this film. But it would have been cool to kind of just throw around some, you know, ideas, ask him what he has planned for the future. Like, you know, just kind of shoot the shit, man. Like learn a little bit yeah. about him, you know, where he came from and what his family was like, you know typical conversation you'd have with somebody but just with your hero that might inspire you in some capacity so nice on this uh, podcast we've did something called a sandler pitch where we came up with sandler film ideas and kind of batted around ideas what would be the name of that tennis film so it's funny i actually wrote i wrote the script with a couple people one one actually in the uk um there were four of us and uh it's a tennis comedy called the ball boy And about uh, right before the pandemic, I had raised two and a half million dollars from a single investor to potentially make the movie. And what happened was part of his contract was that we needed to match his two and a half million dollars to make the the movie. So he put two and a half million dollars in an escrow account. And if we matched his two and a half with another two and a half equity, um, the money would have been moved from escrow into the operating account, we would have been able to go ahead and begin making our movie, but we weren't able to match his money. So we had to send the money back. So we're kind of like starting over, but the tennis comedy is called the ball boy. It's pretty funny. We had attached Serena Williams coach to the project, Patrick Maratoglu. I don't know if you guys are fans of tennis. Um, oh, massively. So, so. <laughs> okay, I feel like we, sh- we should be. We should be because we we've got like Wimbledon, such a big deal over here. Huge, huge. Yeah, That's... we did a funny pitch video for the Ball Boy. You guys can find it online. Just Google the Ball Boy pitch video. It's a little outrageous. We we're taking tennis ball shots to the nuts the whole time, and it was pretty funny. So <laughs> yeah, you know, slapstick humor, Sandler style. Yeah, exactly. You can't beat it. And yeah. sports comedy as well. Like we I love think... sports comedies here. Yeah, yeah. Sandler is so good at those because like neither of us are interested in tennis. I think that extends to we're not really interested in any sports, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I like the World Cup. That's pretty good. It has its moments, doesn't it? The world largest sport in the world. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, like when we've watched these films, the ones we really do love are like The Waterboy, 
I think the longest yard surprised us when we saw that one because I think that gets a bit of a bad rap because it's a remake of a of a British film. Mean Machine was a remake of Longest Yard, which yeah, is oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Reynolds, Burt Reynolds <laughs> was the, Burt Reynolds did the original uh, yeah. Longest Yard, of and course. which was funny that Sandler had Burt Reynolds in his version of it. He's yeah, so he always be- brings the people back, doesn't he? he? Always, yeah, yeah. He's got all those connections, ton of connections. Yeah, because they did a British remake called Mean Machine. It's was all right, I think. I've not seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was uh, Vinnie Jones, who's he's an ex-football player, and he's not the best actor, re- really, is he? <laughs> no, he was in X Men: The Last Stand, I think. Who was oh, it? Okay. The big, the big one, Juggernaut. Oh, yeah. That was oh, the Juggernaut. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Juggernaut. Not the That's best. Um, so, oh, sorry, Lee, go, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, you go. oh thank you. Thank not you. only do you guys have the same name, but you talk at the same time. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. It's like you read each other's minds. I know, it's yeah. wonderful. So you said that you started filming in 2006, or was that when you came up with the idea? Yeah, so I had the dream in 2006, and then we just kind of started filming. We came up with like a little plan on what we were trying to do. Um, you know, essentially, I was kind of like, you know, how can I potentially get a guy like Adam Sandler to have a drink with me. My, my cousin said a pretty funny thing like when we interviewed him and he's like, he's Adam Sandler, man. Why on earth would he have a drink with this kid? You know, and it's true. So, you know, when he said that, it got us thinking like, all right, yeah, that, you know, so how can we make this drink cooler than just your typical, hey, let's have a beer. And so uh, the plan was to add some celebrities to the mix. And so we went after uh, Emeril Lagasse and we tried to get him to come and cook an appetizer for a drink. He's like a major celebrity chef here in America. I'm not sure if he translates over to the UK. Yeah, I'm not, but, I don't uh, think I've heard of him. So, so John Stewart, we went to yeah. try and find him to ask him to host the drink. And then uh, Billy Joel, we asked him if he would come and play the piano if we had the drink. And um, at the same event that I met Billy Joel, I ran into Mick Foley, who was like mankind in the WWE, the wrestler. And he said he would body slam me in front of Adam Sandler (laughs) while we had the drink. So, uh, you know, we tried to make it like the coolest drink he would ever have is basically the way we were trying to do it. We saw the trailer and saw Billy Joel in it. And uh, yeah, strange mix of people. Like, what was it like meeting Billy Joel and other people like that from the industry? So like Billy Joel is also one of my heroes. I mean, when it comes to music, I've always loved Billy Joel, even since since I'm a kid. And um, getting to meet him and just like talk to him for even five minutes was super cool. Um, His reaction was pretty funny. You know, he, he basically said to me, he's like, uh, sure, maybe more, maybe sure. Why not? And, and I was like, oh, that's not a no. He goes, that's not a yes either. So, you know, <laughs> but he was really funny. He was cool. It was it was really great to get to meet him. Um, Emerald was uh, an interesting character. The chef. He wasn't as friendly as Billy Joel. Uh <laughs> That's yeah. just a part of being a chef, though, isn't it? It seems like yeah. such a high pressure thing. He was tired from a long day. In fact, his bodyguard said, the chef is fried, which is pretty funny. <laughs> you know, they, they kept trying to kick me out, but I wouldn't leave until I actually got to speak to him directly and ask him the question. John Stewart, we, we never actually got to John. Um, he left right before we arrived at the location, so we missed him. But we ended up meeting a guy named Radio Man, who's also in the trailer. Uh, Radio Man is like the New York City movie mascot. He was a former homeless guy who has worked on like hundreds of films as an extra and stuff like that. And so that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it was great meeting the celebrities. Uh, there, were, there are other celebrities in, in the film as well that we kind of met at some of these events. And um, for the most part, you know, a lot of them were really cool. Like one guy, he was the, the, the drummer from the band 
Fogart, 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 uh, I forget his name, Roger something. Uh, I apologize for not knowing, but he was pretty funny. He's like, yeah, I'll play drums with Billy Joel anytime. You know, some of these guys were super into it. So yeah, if you it, got it, Billy yeah. Joel involved, you're going to get lots of involved. Yeah, exactly. And same with like the, there were two guys from Twisted Sister. Uh, AJ Pirro was one of them. And these two guys were hilarious, man. They were like, Adam, have a drink with him, man. What are you messing with this guy for, man? Have a drink with him. Like they were great. <laughs> yeah, some people played along and were, were having a good time with it. And then others were just kind of like, they don't want anything to do with me. Like one guy was just, I don't know, you know who Leslie West is? Leslie He's West. in the, he was in the band Mountain, I believe. He was a guitarist, like a big time guitarist. Right. So I said, oh, you think Adam will have the drink? He goes, no. And he walks away. It was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> Oh, that's that's rude. You know what? It makes for great film and great video and content. you know what? You got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, it's Hollywood. You know, these guys are already in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And here's a guy that's like trying to break down a major wall to get into Hollywood. And it's like not all of them want to help, you know, yeah. and that's just kind of how life is. You know, unfortunately, you just got to take it with a grain of salt. And it is what it is, man. You know. It's always a fun beat, though, if you've got someone on camera being a bit of a dick, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So was there like a standout surreal moment for you, like while you were filming this? that just comes straight to mind that was like, how yeah. have I got myself in this situation? Well, I had there was this guy that I used to work with and he was like one of the he's like one of those guys that like loves getting autographs. So he's got a room like you see your walls, how they're like there's some stuff on your walls. This guy's walls were all filled with different like celebrity autographs from baseball players to football players to like Johnny Depp to Adam Sandler. You name it. This guy's got it on his wall. Kiefer Sutherland knows him by name. He's met him that many times. Seriously. And so he sent me this was back in the MySpace days. He sent me a MySpace message at like like two in the morning one day telling me that I should go to the Regis and Kelly show, which was in Manhattan and to get there at a certain time and that Sandler's car would pull up and that when his car pulled up, it would pull into a driveway to go into a garage, to let him into the building. He would roll down his window, sign autographs for people. And I might have like 30 seconds to tell him what I was doing. Hmm. And so we did exactly what this guy said, showed up early. Everything happened exactly as he said it. Sandler rolls down the window and it's at the end of the trailer. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So, um, getting to Adam and pitching him the thing. And then he was like, you're the guy making the movie. He had heard about the film and that was really cool. I didn't even hear what he was saying. I was so like in space and everything kind of was just like you said, surreal at that point. And uh, when he kind of pulled in and went into the studio, you know, my team and I were talking about it and they're like, yeah, he said, you're the guy making the movie. I'm like, Oh my God. And um, he ended up, having me come backstage they invited me into the green room to have a conversation so i had a face-to-face conversation with sandman and uh talked about you know what i was doing and you know listen it wasn't the perfect catch-up i was uh it was freezing i was dressed in like a jacket with a t-shirt over it from like a, <laughs> a, a, a restaurant that he loves in his hometown and um i was like really nervous and it wasn't just me and him there were like multiple people around so it was me him his his manager his assistant, his hair and makeup girl, his brother. So, you know, it was cool. But, and that, that whole thing was extremely surreal the whole, that whole day. I can't even imagine like meeting him, to be honest, at this point. That's absolutely incredible. I saw in the trailer as well, you met a lot of Adam Sandler's teachers and people that he knew. How did you go about researching his life in 
to that capacity and meeting those people and making those connections? I uh, know it's a great question. So we knew that Adam was from Manchester, New Hampshire, and um, it's about like a four and a half, five hour drive from where I lived in New York. And so we said, you know, we want to go and like learn a little more about Adam. Plus we had done some research on the internet where we found out certain things like um, his history teacher told him the story about like the shit is poop from Billy Madison. And then he named the character, Mr. Clemens, old man Clemens after Mr. Clemens, his history teacher. Mm. And then we heard a whole bunch of other stories about how there was an Adam Sandler burger at the Red Arrow Diner and how he got fired from a restaurant in like they call the Puritan back room. And so, you know, we were like, all right, we're just going to wing it and we'll go out there and see what we can pull off. We tried calling the school multiple times in advance. I never got a phone call back from the school. Nobody at the school wanted to talk to me or have anything to do with this, um, with the doc. But through a connection we met at the Puritan back room that we were hanging out at, uh, which is famous for these unbelievable chicken tenders, which it's rumored that occasionally Sandler will fly in from L.A. just to pick up the tenders. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, so we're at this place and we're talking to a couple people there. And randomly, one of the ladies is like, I'm going to get you on the phone with this guy, Mr. T. He and Adam used to hit, they were like close and he was Adam's gym teacher. And so she connected me with Mr. T. His name's Don Tibbetts, a really great guy, funny, cool, like crazy, huge mustache, like the perfect character for an Adam Sandler film. (laughs) I don't know why Adam never put him in his movies. And so T and I connected and he's like, come to the school. You'll be my guest. You have nothing to worry about. So we went, we showed up at the school and T kind of brought us around and we talked a little bit. He's a great guy. We're still in contact. I can't wait to see him again. I saw him about two years ago, right before the pandemic. He came down. I was in Florida and he came to meet me over at my sister's place for my for my birthday, which was really cool. Oh, wow. So we're still in contact. Yeah. That's really cool. So you mentioned like, who was it? The musician who was kind of just kind of dismissive. Did you have any other negative pushback? I know that it's kind of an, an emotive kind of thing, kind of going up to people from Adam Sandler's personal life and family. Did you ever have any kind of antagonism from anyone you were trying to interview? Not necessarily. You know, some people just don't like to be on camera and they won't, they won't hop on a call with you. Yeah. Um, we did get connected oddly to Sandler's ex-girlfriend from Manchester, but we didn't go anywhere with that. And I don't think she was interested. And, and once we kind of thought about it a little bit, I kind of was, wasn't sure that that was the right approach to take. There was one funny person we met in New Hampshire. We ran into this lady, like we literally pulled off the highway, we're down on the main road, pulled over for gas. And at the gas station, I started asking for directions to see if anybody knew where Sandler grew up, where his house was, you know, so we could go check out where he grew up. And this one girl, uh, this one lady, she apparently knew Adam from high school and, and um, told us that her brother-in-law used to beat him up. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. so it was a pretty funny story. And I'm like, why? And she goes, he's a smart mouth, you know? So it was pretty funny. Um, And then what I I was trying to do was have her connect me to the brother-in-law. Yeah. Like get on the brother-in-law's case. Like how can you beat up Adam Sandler? You know, Uh, but that never ended up happening. But we do have that, that lady in the film, which is, it's a really pretty funny scene just her telling the story alone is is funny yeah imagine how that guy must feel now seeing this <laughs> multi-millionaire that he used to beat up as a kid that's yeah well that's funny. yeah that's their story who knows if it's true but you know that's what that's what she said she's like my, my brothers used to beat up adam sandler I was like okay oh, 
what a story i guess that's that's quite funny as well because there's so many times we've spoken about it that his films will start with like a flashback to the 80s and stuff and mm. it's always him getting bullied i think like was it anger management was like that the guy yeah, hadn't yeah the guy Excels. hadn't turned out to be a monk by now had he i think that was what happened in that <laughs> Would you say that the film is sort of like half biographical of Adam Sandler's life and then also your journey of trying to sort of track him down then? Well, you know, look, the, the film's a tribute to Adam. Um, there are definitely like a lot of clips from Sandler movies in the film. You know, we kind of used him to comment on what was going on in our journey, which was pretty cool. Like the way it all panned out, it's it just, it's, it's interesting there is some biographical stuff, of course, um, you know, with the hometown and some other kind of thing. But it's it's really mainly about the quest um, to try and find him and have this drink that I passed up like a moron back in 1998. And the journey, you know, it's it's really about the journey. And he appears in the film, you know, a couple times and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. But uh, not so much biographical, although there is definitely biographical mm. stuff in there. Yeah. So... You started making it in 2006. I was just wondering, in the past 15 years, has any kind of recent things impacted the way that you've taken the direction of your film, such as him being in Uncut Gems and nearly winning an Oscar and other viral moments that have happened in the last year of him playing basketball? Has that had any kind of influence in any of the way you've edited the film now? Um, not necessarily, not not really, um, as far as that new stuff. The film's been, you know, pretty much ready to go for about a year or so. We've been adding, like, like you see behind me here, that animation. So <laughs> that, that's Sandler and that's me. And um, we've been adding animations throughout the film for about a little over a year. And that's kind of what's taken, you know, a while to do. Um, the process, because this film had like zero budget. I mean, I had raised some money from my grandmother before she passed. She had she had given me um, some funds to to go towards getting this thing made and to go to California and try and find him. And then my uncle as well. But it was such a low budget movie. And we ran into so many speed bumps along the way because of the budget. Also, uh, I don't know if you guys have actually tried to get Adam Sandler on your podcast yet. No, <laughs> not even attempted. But, but um, you know, when you're trying to get a celebrity of his status to do something, the truth of the matter is, is there's a massive wall of managers and agents and publicists and everyone that really are looking to steer his career the way they feel it should go. You know, managers and agents, they, they want him to be in great stuff, but it's also about the, the money, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Adam Sandler wouldn't be worth $500 million if he didn't have a, a, a smart team. And so um, a lot of it was trying to get these agents and managers and, uh, you know, stuff like that to potentially agree. And plus I had, I ended up in this like lawsuit. I had raised uh, a bunch of money on Kickstarter to post-produce the film. Uh, the quick part is uh, there was a company that I had brought on to, post-produce it they basically delivered a cut of the movie that was very similar to a previous cut that they knew I didn't like or want I which was never I wasn't really happy with how the film was originally when we first cut it they basically didn't do the work and so I um, I took them to arbitration which I I actually won um, but that was a six-year process and it held up the film for about six years so it's been a whole bunch of different like speed bumps and when yeah. you're working with no budget the other problem is you bring people on to help you um, but since you're not paying them, you can't really push them. 
you know, so like it took about two to three years to edit the film. Um, and then, you know, the animation's been taken over, it's taken over a year. So it all takes time when you're trying to do something on a no budget with a dream and just trying to follow your dream, you know? Yeah, it makes you appreciate the huge films that come out and the small films and everything, doesn't it? It's a yeah real minefield. And also it makes you appreciate the people that actually have taken the time to do it in their spare time you know um the, the, this guy anthony marinelli edited the film took him took him a while to get the first cut together but if it wasn't for him the film would not be what it is today you know like i said years ago when i when we had first cut to this movie i never really liked it now i actually really do and it's because of that guy and then this guy chuck downs who's doing all the animations mm-hmm. you know he's got a full-time job he's got a wife and kids but he's doing this because he, he loves a project. And, you know, I, I'm so grateful to have people like him. One of, there's a guy, uh, Joey Lever in the UK, who helped me come up with a lot of the, the concepts for animation and graphics and things like that. You know, without people like that, that helped me for free, just because they believed in the project, the film wouldn't be anywhere. And so it also, you know, makes you really open your eyes and become really grateful to all the people that kind of stood by you and helped you out along your journey. You know, the, the guys that were in the movie, this guy, Dan Hagendorn, Steve Hagendorn, Tony Grazia, Vincent Trinkowski, Matthew Walters, a whole bunch of these guys, you know, donated their time to help some schmuck that passed up a drink with Adam Sandler <laughs> to try and make his dream come true. And, you know, for that, I'll always be grateful. And, and that's what the movie's about. You know, it's, it's, it's about people and, and a journey and, and what happens along the way, you know? Yeah. Kudos to you as well for like having this passion and being able to push for it for this many years. And so it's getting released next year, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, 2022, the film will be out. We'll have some news soon in regards to like festivals and stuff like that. You know, most likely it, it'll get its premiere at a festival, um, which will be really cool. Uh, hopefully early of 2022. Hey, if you guys want to make the trip out to the States, it'll, it'll be in the States. Uh, feel free. Be cool to have you there. And uh, yeah, so that, that's 2022, man. Finally, 2022. Nice. Yeah. Have you got any film festivals lined up? We've been submitting to a bunch. Nice. So... Yeah, we don't have any specific announcements yet, but um, right in the beginning of the new year, we're going to be making some announcements um, in regards to the film and some festivals and stuff like that. So that's pretty exciting, uh, you know, and hopefully like we could find a distributor that will take this thing and put it out there because I think people would watch it. I mean, just the the subject alone, you know, Sandler's got so many fans Mm -hmm. and um, it'd be cool for them to see another fan try and follow a dream to try and have this drink that he passed up, you know, with Adam. It's funny. I wonder how many people think I'm like this crazy stalker and like, why is he doing this kind of thing? And I hope it makes sense to them after they see the movie and understand, you know, why, or even after this, you know, this, this interview here where I'm telling you guys, like who wouldn't want to have a drink with Adam Sandler? I know you guys would. Yeah, definitely. definitely. We'd both, I think we'd both be too nervous though. We'd probably be like nursing a beer and sort of shaking as he. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be crying. (laughs) I said some bad things about Click. I would not want to be brought back. Oh, that's funny. I actually love Click. A lot of people don't like that movie. I loved it. I think we need to rewatch it because at the time we weren't huge fans. It was one Uh, of the first ones we watched for the podcast, wasn't it? Was it like the third episode or something? Oh man, when he when he beats up Hasselhoff and and farts in his face and <laughs> oh my god, like those that's so funny, like the slow motion girl running and like, I think 
yeah, they get the sadness really well in that. Like, is it yeah, the? It was sad. Yeah, so yeah. sad. Touching. Is it the bit where he pauses it when his dad or something? Yeah, and the rewind. Yeah, so you know, sad. His dad saying uh, what he says. His last thing that his dad says to him. Yeah, that was a really sad. That was sad. Yeah, a good film. So we've mentioned like uh, the SNL era where you started watching him and you worked on Big Daddy and Click, and then obviously his more modern stuff. What do you think is the best era for Adam Sandler films? Oh man, I mean, look, growing up in the '90s, yeah, you know, not growing up, I was in my 20s or you know teens to 20s. Um, to me, that that's the Sandler I'll always love more than anything you know uh, like i billy madison i mean uh, billy madison happy gilmore the wedding singer the water boy big daddy like those are my top sandler films uh 50 first dates i really like click i really like you know some of them i i don't particularly love i, I liked mr deeds that was funny anger management was funny that age that era was my favorite sandler era the late yeah. night is early 2000s yeah we're big fans yeah. of that that bit yeah. as well that's the stage that i'm like really nostalgic for i think especially big daddy is to be fair that's a big standout for me i've got my uh my scuba steve up there on the shelf <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um so right like before i got a job on the film i was sent the script and at the time it wasn't called big daddy it was called guy gets kid and uh <laughs> i remember like reading the script and like laughing as i was reading it i was like this is great this is so sandler i could picture him yelling here and I can picture this and I still have the script somewhere in like the other room. Oh, wow. So you you did costume on that film. Did you have any kind of work with the scuba Steve and the kangaroo outfit or anything like that? I picked up those outfits and really set. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember when they were like the scuba, I have a funny picture. I could probably dig it up. The costume designer and the assistant costume designer, he's wearing like one of the, the kangaroo outfit. And I took a picture (laughs) of the two of them. It's actually in the film, this picture of the two of them. And uh, yeah, it's, that was cool. Yeah. So I picked up both of those outfits and brought them to set. I was like the driver. I went, you know, I, I used to come out of like Bloomingdale's with like garment bags over my shoulders, holding garment bags, filled with garment bags and bringing them to set and back and this and that. It was crazy. Yeah. So wow. that was a great movie. Big Daddy was a great movie. Mm-hmm. It, really yeah, it, must, it must be really cool to have worked on that as well I think out of Adam Sanders films I think that is for me that's a big standout but um what do you think it is about like Adam Sanders films that make them sort of special and like stand the test of time well he always plays like a guy that's down on his luck in some capacity I think at least he used to in those kind of movies if you think about it like Billy Madison he was like a guy that like had a rich dad but didn't do anything and then he had to all of a sudden go through high school and middle school and elementary school and <laughs> you know a- happy gilmore he was like a, a hockey player that sucked uh but had like this wicked shot that he then translated into so he's always like this guy that's like even in in, in the wedding singer like his girlfriend dumps him in the beginning of the movie and mm-hmm. you know so he he played this down and out guy which made him so likable I think that's kind of what made it stand out. Yes. I guess that's what's missing in films like Grown Ups, where he's like a really successful Hollywood producer and he doesn't really have any kind of growth for his characters. Yeah, all the new movies are, you know, he's not a down and out character. He's, you know, he's he's different. I mean, even even in like Longest Yard, where he was a uh, a wealthy football player, he got into that, he got that DUI and got thrown in jail. Have you seen Hubie Halloween? 
I did. I saw it. Yeah. We yeah. liked that. <laughs> it was quite yeah. fun. It, it was enjoyable. It, it was enjoyable. I mean, it wasn't my favorite Sandler movie, but I thought it was fun. It was, you know, I watched the whole thing and it was definitely interesting. Yeah. Have you kept <laughs> up with the like Netflix era Sandler films as much? I think no, how many there- is it? There's been about six now, hasn't there? I think so. Yeah. Like the, uh, what is it? He did murder mystery, right? Oh, he did the special, the Netflix special. Yeah. Yeah. We love the Netflix special. I I thought, I thought that was actually pretty good too. I I really liked a couple of the songs, like the Farley Mm. song was great. That was a standout. And the, like the phone wallet keys was, was good. (laughs) And, uh, the UFC ear thing was pretty funny. The bar mitzvah boy. I'm a big fan of station 69. With when Rob Schneider comes down, that's, oh, yeah. we, we used a little clip of that in the film. <laughs> oh, really? oh, really? Yeah, that's good stuff. It comes spiraling down upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, no, uh, he's had some interesting films on Netflix. The Do Over, right, was one of them, and um, well, I forget what the one was with Chris Rock was. The week, the week of, was that the week? Yeah, of? the week, week of the sort yeah. of yeah. the wedding one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Some are good, some are okay. I, I did enjoy uh, like Uncut Gems. That was a Netflix film, but I thought he was really good in that. I thought the film was a little long. Didn't love the ending, mm. but I thought the film was really good and I thought he was excellent. Yeah, yeah I think for- it's so easy to get split on that film. The first time I watched it, I was like, no, I really didn't like that. I don't know if it was because like seeing this guy that you really love from all these films getting his head shot off at the end's a bit, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. a bit dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was really dark. Yeah, but going back to it, I did really like it. I, I thought I'd never watch it again, but then we started doing a podcast where we had to watch every Adam Sandler film, so I had no reason not to, really. What What are your favourite films from Sandler? Like, what are you guys, you know? Oh, for me, Uncut Gems, Meirowitz Stories, which is great, really underrated, wow. and then The Waterboy. Like, that's the best comedy he did, one of the best comedies, I think, well, ever. Mama said, Mama said, it's weird when you don't have nostalgia for it because I'm watching it for the first time now and some of them, because I don't have that kind of fond memory from being a kid or being younger, they've not really hit as well, but that one was just so good and it's yeah. aged really well, I think, and yeah, it was just really funny. Love that movie. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Luke? I go back and forward on about three of them constantly, <laughs> but I think maybe Wedding Singer or maybe Fifty uh, First Dates. I think it's because they're like, some of the ones that I watched first when I was like probably about five or six years old. I probably shouldn't have been watching them, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's something about those ones with Drew Barrymore and I think they feel so like, one thing we've noticed watching back some of the old ones is like, there's a few things that have aged quite badly in the modern day, which I mean, you can say that about most things that, you know, came out before like what, 2006 for some reason. I don't yeah. know why, but those ones are so like harmless and kind of nice. And they're just sort of like, I think they're just uplifting compared to some of the other ones. And some of the jokes just like have always stuck with me. I think everything with the boy George guy in Wedding Singers, <laughs> mm. like all of that is just so funny. I loved how uh, Alan Covert had like the Michael Jackson jacket on, that red jacket, the leather with the glove. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. You know what's so great about that? The reason it's so timeless is because it was an 80s piece that they, you know, the costumes and everything it made it 80s and if you know the 80s you can't help but like love that you know billy idol at the end and like i mean oh that's so good what a great movie and and the, and he had some really great songs in that movie you mm-hmm. know uh, the one at the end um and then like uh what was the one where he's like i'm on my knees pretty pretty please oh kill somebody kill me, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
like that was great um it's a great one and john lovitz was funny in that movie and uh steve buscemi was great like there was such it was hilarious yeah hilarious. it's all those little cameos and stuff i think that's another thing re-watching all of the films is that they are all sort of connected in this weird way that like buscemi always pops up or rob schneider is the you can do it guy that was one of the things yeah. you mentioned i think was it in i can't remember if i read it in one of the articles that you sent over you mentioned about how like he keeps all of his friends really close and he's got that sort of troop. Is there anyone in that troop that you think is like the standout? Have you got a favorite out of these like supporting casts? I don't know. Steve Buscemi's great. He always cracks me up. Schneider's always interesting. Like he's always got a crazy character. I mean, even in, in Big Daddy, I got to meet Schneider and he was he played the delivery guy, you know? And yeah. the funny thing about that was, by the way, when Rob would come into like the costume truck and talk, he mm-hmm. always used that accent throughout the whole thing. Like he stayed in character. Which is what, he's, he went method, <laughs> did he? <laughs> oh, wow. He's pretty funny. Yeah. So I guess those two are probably the standouts. Um, I really do. like. I thought his assistant, John Lochran, I think he's a really nice guy. I, I, I like John. You know, he was always nice to me, you know, whenever we had a conversation and, so he was cool. And, you know, he's got some interesting parts, you know, like the guy with the eye yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played uh, Peter Dante's boyfriend. Oh, no, he wasn't the boyfriend. He he was the only other straight guy in Big yeah. Daddy. Yeah, he and was the guy who was uncomfortable, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. And he was funny in um, the one where uh, Sandler got married to um, Kevin James. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Chuck and Larry. I never yeah. pronounced it Chuck and Larry, yeah. yeah. He was funny in, in like the, the shower scene. John was in that. They, he's got a lot of standouts. They all have like really good good parts, you know, mm-hmm. but those, those three probably are the, the biggest. Yeah, yeah, we recently watched uh, Undeclared, the TV show, and then Adam Sandler's in that playing himself, and then Jonathan Lochran is in that too, playing the version of himself. And yeah, I'd recommend watching that. It's so funny. Undeclared. Is that a movie or TV show by the guy who made Freaks and Geeks? Okay, I'll look into it. So Seth Rogen. Wasn't it? Yeah. So Adam and Judd apparently knew each other from college or something like that. Yeah. You can you can tell that they're sort of like friends and they've got this background. I think it it does show in quite a lot of the films, especially with Alan Covert and Jonathan Lochran, I think. Another thing, say in like a slide indoors kind of world, you'd had that drink. What sort of, in the last like 20 or so years, if there's one character in a Sandler film you could have played, who would it, who do you think it would be? Oh, man. Ah, uh, that's a hard question. Big if question. I were to play a Sandler character, uh, one of the characters in his movies, who would it be? Shit. I don't know. I mean, there's so many great characters out there like that have been on screen. Um, I mean, I'm short like Schneider, so maybe I could have done like one of the Schneider, uh, Schneider roles. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really, really good question. I, I never envisioned myself to be in like a Sandler film necessarily because I'm also like a writer and creator. I always kind of envisioned maybe that Adam Sandler would be able to be in one of my films. Oh, OK, yeah. But um, let me think after Big Daddy, because it had it happened after Big Daddy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in Click, I could have played uh, his kid. Yeah. Jonah Hill, wasn't it? Was it Jonah Hill? I don't think it was Jonah Hill. I think so. There's like one little bit where it's the middle section. And then Jonah Hill's in it for like two seconds. And then as an adult, it's a different actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the adult. Oh, the adult one. Okay. Not Jonah Hill for five seconds. I was probably like, I was in my 30s when Click came out. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That adds. Maybe I would be too old. No, but for the older scenes, when he played the older guy, you know, the sad parts, Mm -hmm. I could have played a kid. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dad, you don't pay attention to me. You don't pay attention <laughs> to anyone. There you go. Have, you got it. Have you done any acting before? I've been in a couple like little things. Um, I was in a movie called uh, Marie, which was like filmed on Long Island, super low budget movie. I played like a drug dealer delivering cocaine to somebody. And um, <laughs> yeah. And then I get killed at the end. I get knifed. And then I've done like a couple little like shorts, a couple on my website, this, uh, this Alexa video, one of my friends and, and this, uh, this woman came up with an idea for like, we called it Alexa, is he cheating? It's pretty fun. You guys can check it out. It's on my website. And then um, I was in a commercial that we kind of pitched to Cheetos. But uh, beyond that, you know, I haven't been in, in too much. Um, I've, I've thrown myself as an extra in a couple short films, like where, you know, I'm just kind of sitting in a scene and whatever. But um, the biggest role I have is finding Sandler. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and it's funny because, you know, it's a documentary and it's real life, but you know, the cameras are rolling. I probably wouldn't have fought with Emerald's security guards and stuff if I didn't know the camera was rolling and I had to do it for the movie, you know, to make it interesting. I mean, I'm definitely a persistent person, but there is a limit at times that you kind of have to stop. So, yeah, you know, a couple little things here and there, but nothing. I would love to be in some more. Oh, you know, I, I missed one thing. Um, I was a producer on this feature Actually, so Nick Swardson was in it. You know who Nick is? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's called After School Special. It's a comedy. <clears throat> and I played this like older brother and I was just I was just supposed to be a total dick. And uh, so I grew just like a mustache, you know, <laughs> and uh, wore a headband and like this like wife beater tank top just played like a total dick. And it was fun. So so that that I was in as well. And that's like on uh uh, you could probably buy it on Amazon. I think it's on like Vudu or uh, one of those, you know, free movie sites. If you Google it, you'll find it also. Just frankly, before you watch it, it's probably one of the worst comedies you'll ever see in your life. Just to, <laughs> just, just to give you a forewarning. I didn't write it, so I, I had nothing to do with the writing. I helped like produce it. Somebody came up, came to me with the idea and I thought it was cool. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I played a small role in that. And that was pretty, f it was fun. It was really fun to be in it, but again, potentially one of the worst movies of all time. You say Nick Swardson, is he the lead in that? He's not a lead, but he's in the movie. Yeah, he plays this like janitor that just constantly gets high. Right. Sounds <laughs> like a perfect role for him. Yeah. I could tell from the way you were speaking there, Luke, that you were trying to think, is there a way we can cover this film on a future episode of our podcast? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to. Yeah. Um, feel free to check it out. Just don't hold me responsible for your uh, the two hours of time that you've lost. <laughs> we'll definitely have to check it out. So just to wrap things up, one of the things that we usually do is that when we review a film, we'll put it either into the Sandler pit where it will burn or we'll put it into the Sandler castle where it will get like celebrated and loved. If you had to choose one film to fully represent like the Sandler castle, all of his good stuff, what would you put in there? Just one film. One film. The ultimate castle Big Daddy. Film. Big Daddy. Yeah. I think I agree. It had Luke. humor. It had drama. It had heart. You know, it was awesome. It was a great movie. And I worked on it. So that reason <laughs> alone, it, it, it's enough for the, for the castle. Yeah, you'll be happy to know it's already in there. So that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I figured. Other than after school special, what would you put into the Sandler pit as the one that is going to huh. burn? The Sandler film that would burn, huh? Um, Jack and Jill. Yep. That was the first solid, resident solid in the pick. <laughs> Either that or that's my boy. I know people like that. I know people liked it. There were a couple moments, but like it was hard to get through. It was hard to get through Jack and Jill. Like, and it, and I, it had, I was so excited for it because it had Pacino. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it was hard, man. It was hard to watch that movie. Yeah, well, fair man, enough. That, that's my boy as Vanilla Ice, though. That was fantastic cameo. True. He, he, he's great. Um, it's funny. One of my buddies uh, that lives in South Florida is actually friends with Vanilla Ice. Yeah. My sister used to live in the same development as him. So occasionally I would pass him and be like, hey, what's up, man? And he was cool. He was like, hey, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? You know, I seen him. I saw him a couple of times and would just say, what's up? Never had a full conversation, though, and I never like attempted to tell my Adam Sandler story either. But I probably should have back then. It probably would have been the smart move. But I think when I first had met him, you know, walking the development, I don't think he was in Sandler films at that time. He became friends with Sandler like in the later movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's a more recent thing for sure, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I think my sister was already out of the development back then. <sighs> That's a shame. That would have been a, a, a great cameo in the film. He uh, lifts up to some of the ones that we've seen him in. Um, yeah. Is it The Wrong Missy? He was in that. and Yeah. yeah he's that was always a great fun. movie. That was funny. Yeah. We, well, we weren't really- as keen on that one, were we? Weren't massive fans. Although they she's at this moment. Yeah. yeah Lauren Lapkus is a great actor. Mm. Who is that? Is it Lauren Lauren Lap Lapkus? Is that oh, the main character? The, the main character. Played, yeah, the wrong Missy. Missy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I enjoyed I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was pretty funny. I mm. watched it with my wife. It was a little outrageous, but it was yeah. fun. There was a lot of people falling over in it, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Falling off cliffs. <laughs> did Sandler produce that movie happy madison yeah it was it was a happy madison yeah but um all right well there you have it so i think we agree with all those choices to be fair i think we put even though we like it and we'll go to back to defend (laughs) it i think we put that's my boy in there jack and jill was definitely in the sandler pit so yeah it sounds like we're on we're on similar levels of those things Great. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great to talk to you, another a fellow Fandler. Um, <laughs> uh, we look forward to seeing Finding Sander at some point in 2022. You have to let us know when it like if it comes to streaming or if there's any way to watch it in the UK and we'll review it. We'll make sure we send it over, you know, put on our socials, all that stuff. Thank you. And yeah. ho- hopefully it ends up in the uh, castle, not in the pit. Yeah, I, th- I think we're we're already biased because we we've spoken to you and stuff. It'd be too yeah, many. Exactly. You imagine. So, so no matter what, you'll you'll end up liking me. It's just a matter of you like the movie. Yeah, I think we'll I'm sure that's enough. It sounds like it's a, a labor of love and whatever. So it'll be great to finally see the journey on screen. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And and I, I and again, um, I'm grateful to you guys for having me on. This was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it's cool that you guys are doing this and uh, I wish you all the luck. And I, and I hope that Adam Sandler comes on your podcast one day and maybe even with me. Oh, that would be good. That could be the way we get it in. Hey, listen, <laughs> give it a shot, guys. Reach out to management team. <laughs> the best chance we've got of that ever happening is if we have you just representing us because we're two awkward British too men. Scared. They sort of covering our faces and stuttering. <laughs> But you're humble. That might that might be great. Uh, Never maybe. know. Give it a shot, guys. Give it a <laughs> yeah. shot. Come on. I'm, I'm here to push you to get Adam Sandler on, on the Sandler pit. One All day. Right. Watch this space. <laughs> I wonder if after he comes on the episode, if you'll put him in the castle or you'll put him in the pit. Oh, my God. Imagine if we put him in the pit to his face. That'd be horrible. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. You're going into the pit. Sorry, uh-huh. mate. And there you have it, our first ever Fandler chat with David <laughs> Seth Cohen, the director of Finding Sandler. I'm sure everyone's probably as eager to watch that as we are. We were kind of, I think the more he was speaking about it, the more I was like, yeah, I need yeah. to watch this. Those little tidbits about like Adam Sandler's school and all that stuff. Yeah, lovely dude. Like that will be making the festival circuits later this year. So as soon as we get a chance to watch it, 
very looking forward to reviewing it. What are we doing next, Luke? Well, it's time for us to <laughs> consult our old friend, the horrible little fedora from Luke's bald head. First of all, fair enough. I don't have that much hair. Secondly, it's clearly a bowler hat. Oh, it's a bowler hat. I thought you were one yeah. of those fedora tipping guys. <laughs> Milady. <M-lady. laughs> no, Want to come and watch Spider-Man for the fourth time, Milady? <laughs> This is my favourite segment. I've just realised there's a hole in the hat, so potentially... Oh, no, men, women and children's come out of the bottom. (laughs) Uh, So we've pulled out some great stuff with this. We've pulled out Barnyard, we've pulled out the house bunny. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we've got this week. Do you want to do a little drum roll? Oh, that was good. Okay, I've got one. Fuck's sake. (laughs) I've pulled out Strange Wilderness. Strange Wilderness. There you go, guys. That muted response to the film Strange Wilderness (laughs) is because we don't really know what Strange Wilderness is. I do not know what that is. I don't care. (laughs) What is that? Strange Wilderness. I do vaguely remember it. I think we spoke quite a while ago about how I went through that phase of downloading loads of random films onto my iPod Classic. Yeah. This film was definitely one of the ones that I sort of either had on there or like abandoned the idea of watching it. I think it's Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Alan Covert. Jonah Hill. Peter Dante. The whole game. Er- Ernest Borgnine. I love Ernest Borgnine. It's about them going to find Bigfoot. <laughs> 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 it made seven million from a 20 million budget. Yes. Oh, it's great. It could be fun. You know, we did really like Grandma's Boy. It looks like in the same sort of ballpark as that. I think it could be a, a laugh, you know. I do like, is it Zane or Zahn? I don't know. Does it matter? I like Steve. So he's quite Steve funny. Whatever. I find him quite likable. I loved him in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid films. I have never seen him in anything. Or maybe well, I have. You definitely have. He's he was in the eyeball gang in Ridiculous Six. Oh yeah. And if that isn't a good calling card, then I don't know what is. <laughs> he was he was the little bad ape in War of the Planet of the Apes. Remember that guy? Oh, the little one the in the one... little hat and jacket. <laughs> what? Bad Does ape. he wear a little hat? Bad ape. Yeah, it's got like a little oh, beanie. That one. Yeah, he's really I good thought, actually. I thought you meant the the one who Caesar's pal, but that's Dawn of the Planet Apes, isn't it? I need to rewatch those. <laughs> that's films. James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> he's also in the Spider-Man. The monkey project. in the hat. <laughs> what? For fuck's sake. Right. If you yeah. want to get in touch with us, you can email us thesandlipit at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us on our social media at The Sandlipit on Instagram and Twitter and The Sandlipit on Facebook, which at the time of recording, we've not updated in about a year. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we're also talking here from this is an episode going out in February that we're recording in December. Good point. So, yeah, God knows. We might have updated it by then. We might have had a whole rebrand joining the metaverse, The Sandlipit. (laughs) We're going to start doing our podcast as those little weird CGI figures that Mark Zuckerberg loves. Oh, I, um, I can't wait. But yeah, leave us a review on Apple as long as you're going to give us five stars. Like, if you want to give us anything lower than five stars, maybe just don't bother. Send us death threats instead. We'd rather that. Yeah, I don't want my five star rating to be besmirched on there. So send us <laughs> the horrible <laughs> letters. Can't wait. Yeah, to our, our addresses. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Tyrone, for doing all the music on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you to David Seth Cohen for joining us for this great chat. Yeah, it was lovely. Thank you, Luke Terry, for editing together all these episodes. And most importantly, thank you to ah, Luke Thomas. Cannot wait to see your drawing of, of David. Just of David, sat in a <laughs> Zoom call with us. <laughs> there you go. 
Great stuff. Lovely. So come back when we're going to be talking about Strange Wilderness. And until next time, it's been a very happy Sandlerby from me and a very happy Sandlerby from him. Oh, Bigfoot, here he comes. Ha, ha, ha.